If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 6 this morning. I was sitting over here. I had another message. I was sitting here right before church and started. And uh, I guess maybe the congregational was going on. And the Lord laid a completely different message on my heart. That does not happen often. But when it does happen, I have seen that it is, uh, it is much needed to heed that, that nudge of God. And uh, uh, I said this, I'm going to preach on the home this week if God will let me. Because uh, our homes need Jesus. Oh my, oh my. Uh, I read somewhere, it said, so goes the home, so goes the church. And then so goes the church, so goes the nation. And that is a very true statement. Our churches need a strong foundation. Our, home, our uh, homes need a strong foundation. And I believe if those two things will have a, have a foundation in Jesus Christ, our nation can have a strong foundation. And that's what I want. Look with me in Deuteronomy chapter number, number 6, verse number 1. It says this, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou, and thy son, and thy son's son. You see the family unit right there. All the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now pay attention to verse number 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Let's pray and ask God to bless this morning. Lord, it is certainly good to be here in Reedsville today. Thank you for this church. Lord, thank you for these folks who have invited us in and treated us like family already. God, I'm looking forward to what you'll do this week. I'm looking forward to this morning, Lord, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. God, we don't need another series of meetings. God, we need a true revival sent from heaven above. Lord, only you can send it. And God, my prayer is this, that your presence would be made very known in this meeting. God, your presence would just settle into this place. God, I pray that souls would be saved. God, I pray that marriages would be restored. Lord, I pray that children who have never heard the words, I love you, I pray that they would see that there's a God in heaven that loves them. But God, all that can take place if revival will break out in our hearts individually. God, help us to do that. Help us to live for you and to love you. Lord, help us to make a difference in this world, to see that our days are fleeting. Lord, this life is a vapor. It just appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. God, help us to do something for the cause of Christ as we live on this earth. I love you with all that I am. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love this verse, Joshua 24, 15. It says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the god of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. That's what we need today. My family, we, have, we are bound and determined to serve God all of our days. Now what you won't find is a perfect marriage. What you won't find is, a per, is perfect kids, except for Emerson. Emerson's pretty perfect, Brother Jimmy. But them two boys are not perfect at all. Just kidding, Dylan. Just kidding. No, she ain't perfect either. You should have seen her just a few minutes before church. She wanted to go swing on that swing. So her nana took her to swing on the swing. You should have heard her when she brought her back. Hallelujah. 
She was not happy about that, so she's not perfect either. But here's what you will find of the butcher family. We serve a perfect Savior. Listen, none of, us, none of us have it all together. None of us have the perfect life or the perfect family. But we do have a perfect Savior in Jesus Christ. And I want us to see that. I want us to see that this week. Something we, we must do to be successful in this Christian life. And that's what I like. I like successful Christians. And I'm not talking money, houses, car. I'm not talking about that success. But I'm talking about successful as walking with the Lord every day of our lives. What you will find, the one common ingredient to a Christian that is successful is that they are all in, Brother Jimmy. They are completely in with God 100%, not 95%, not 98%, but they're in 100% with God. They're in with Him. And in this book, we find the children of Israel are fixing to cross over into the promised land. And Moses is giving them some instructions. And let's look at what he says. Verse number 1, it says, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. He's telling them here, he said, listen, you're fixing to cross over into the promised land. Here's what you need to do. You need to take God's commandments. When you see the commandments, statutes, judgments, all those words in the Bible, it's all, only, only thing it's talking about is God's Word. It said you need to take God's Word and do them in the land you go to possess it. Now here's the, here's the problem. It's not good enough just to hear God's Word. It's not good enough. It's not good enough just to read God's Word. What we have to do is apply God's Word. Amen. That's what we must do as Christians. Now, now I'm just being honest. This, this ain't even my notes right now. But listen, I'm just being honest. Here's what we do a lot of times. We know how to come to church. We know how to dress up for church. We come and we sing the songs. But listen, there's, there's something missing in our lives. It's the application process. Now think about this. My face is red this, this morning because we had a yard sale. Me and Dylan had a yard sale Friday and Saturday. We sit outside. And my man, I got, listen, I don't tan, I lobster. That's what I do. I just turn into a lobster. That's all I do. But you think about this. If I'd have took some sunscreen out there with me and I would have applied it, I wouldn't be red this morning, right? Because I wouldn't burn. Amen. Listen, if you read the instructions on the back of a, a sunscreen bottle, it says apply and reapply. Amen. You know what we need to do this morning? We need to apply God's Word in our life. And then that tomorrow we need to reapply it, Brother Jimmy. We must apply it every single day of our lives. Listen, whoever invented deodorant, God bless them. That is one of the greatest things in the world. If you've never tried it, you need to. Amen. You'll have more friends than you've ever had in all your life. But you know, on the back of a, of a deodorant bottle, it says, apply. Now, it does say this, apply to underarms only. Don't put it nowhere else. Amen. But listen, if I go buy some deodorant and I set it in my, in my medicine cabinet and I never get it out and I never apply it, what's going to happen? I'm, this is a Stokes County word. I'm going to stink. Amen. Amen. But you know what? If I apply that, it helps me. Listen, if we will take God's Word and apply it in our lives, listen, you'll be amazed at how it will help you. Listen, you'll be amazed at how it will help your marriage. You'll be amazed how it will help you inside your own self. You'll be amazed how to help your church. Amen. We need some Christians that will apply God's Word. And that's what Moses is telling them here. He said, now these are the commandments, statutes, judgments which the Lord your God commanded you to teach you that you might do them. Amen. We must do God's Word in our lives. Amen. Verse number 2, it says this, That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all His statutes and His commandments, which I command thee, thou, and thy son, and thy son's sons. 
all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. You see that? That's a, that's a perpetual verse right there. That word perpetual means it keeps going, Brother Jimmy. Listen, the one thing that I desire in my life is for my children to live for God all their days. That's my one desire. And then it's my desire for my grandchildren to live for God all their days. And then long after I'm gone to heaven, maybe my great-grandchildren and my great-great-grandchildren might just live for God all their days because it's a perpetual thing. If we'll teach our sons and our daughters and our grandchildren and our our great-grandchildren, Lord help us, it might be, listen, this church might go on for another 200 years if we keep doing that. If the Lord don't come back before then. And that'd be all right too. Look in verse 3 what it says. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. I tell my boys all the time when they were younger, I'd tell them this a lot. I'd say, boys, we might not have much on this earth, down here on this earth. I said, but we are rich in heaven. You understand that? Listen, I want you to understand something. It is not about how much money we have in the bank. It's not about the things that we have in this world. But it is about the God of heaven that we have as our heavenly Father. That's what makes somebody rich. That's what makes somebody prosperous. I'd rather my children, listen to me, I'd rather my children find the wife. and and, Well, I don't even want to think about Emerson getting married. But anyway... I'd rather for my children to find the spouse that God has for them to live in a, in a, in a, a, a 500 square foot apartment with nothing in, in that thing and live for God all their days than to have the biggest mansion, to have all the money and all the cars, but be empty inside. That's not rich, folks. Having Jesus is what is rich. Amen. Amen. So here's the answer to all of that. How do, we, how, do we get all, how do we do all of that? Verse 4 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And verse 5 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. With everything that's in us, we must love God. With everything that's in us, we must give Him everything that we have. Here's what the heart is. The heart is the seat of the affections and passions. You know what God wants to be? He wants to be your number one passion today. He doesn't want to be your number two passion or your number ten passion. He wants to be number one passion in your life. Above everything. God wants to be above your spouse. God wants to be above your kids. God wants to be above your career this morning. He wants to be above everything. And I believe this, if we will do this this week, if we will put God number one in our lives, I believe it might be amazing what God might do in this church this week. The soul is the immortal substance of man. God breathed into Adam the breath of life and man became a living what? Soul, that's what he became. Listen, may we use every breath as we sing that song, every breath that we have in our lives, may we use it to glorify and honor Him. That's what we need to do. And then it says this, with all your might. That word might means strength, force, or power. Listen, with everything in us, we should love God. With every every ounce of power in our bodies, we should love Him and put Him first in our lives. I wrote this down. I said we need some men, women, and children to rise up and say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. And that's what I want to preach on this morning. I'm all in. 
Here's what the definition of I'm all in means. To be fully committed to a task or endeavor, to give or be prepared to give all of one's energy or resources towards something. This morning, I want this this church to be all in. This week, I want you to be all in. Now listen, don't come this week because you want to hear great singing because you done found out it ain't that great. Amen. Don't come this week because you want to hear great preaching because I promise you this, Brother Jimmy could have got a lot of better preachers than me. Amen. But here's what I want you to come this week expecting. Say, God, I'm all in to this thing. I want you to do something special in my life this week. Whatever you're struggling with, you give it to God. Boy, this morning I was was reading my Bible and I was studying and I was doing some things, praying. And man, that verse come, come in my heart. I thought, listen, be anxious, be careful for nothing. For nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request may be made known unto God. I thought, my goodness, we shouldn't be anxious about anything. Listen, I feel like I live half my life as an anxious person. Amen. But we shouldn't. As Christians, it says be careful. That word means anxious. Be careful for nothing. But by everything by prayer and supplication. My goodness, if we do that one verse, it, it, would, it would set revival off in this nation, I believe that. You think about how many anxious people we have in this world today. Anxious people going around worried about the economy, worried about everything that's going on. Listen, the Bible says be careful for nothing. For nothing. I met a friend of mine at the Y. It's been a while back and I was talking to him. He said, Jesse, I'm scared to death. He said, I'm scared to death with everything that's going on in this world. I said, let me tell you something. I said, Joe, I said, if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'd be a basket case right now. Amen! Why am I not a basket case, Brother James? Because I've got Jesus. Amen. That's why. Are you all in with God today? Are you completely 100% in with God today? Did you love Him with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might? Are you fully committed to the task of knowing Jesus and knowing Him better? And are you prepared to give all your energy for the cause of Christ? Here's where I was as a young Christian. I wanted to be half in, half out. That's what I wanted. I wanted, to be, I wanted to be half in the world, half in church. Half in the world, half with God. But I promise you this, God will never bless that. You remember that song we used to sing as kids? Put your left foot in, you put your left foot out, you put your left foot in, and what do you do? Yeah, y'all some dancers around here, I know that. Hey man, just kidding. But listen, listen, God don't want us half in, half out. He don't want us in one day and out one day, in church one day, out of church one day. He don't want that. You know what God wants? God wants you to go. I'm all in in this thing. That's what God wants. Young people, God wants you all in. Doesn't matter if you're 6 or you're 60. Doesn't matter if you're 8 or you're 80. God wants you all in in this thing. God, help us to do that. Brother Jimmy, I remember the day that I told God that I was all in. I remember what it was like. I said, God, I'll go anywhere and I'll do anything you want me to do. The furthest place in my mind I could think of was New Zealand. I said, I said, New Zealand, that's a long way away from here. I said, God, if you want me and my family to go to New Zealand, we'll go. Boy, I'm thankful he didn't call us to New Zealand. My goodness. But you know what? I'd still go. If God told me today, Jesse, pack it, start packing up, make preparations because I'm sending your family to New Zealand, I'd say, yes, sir, God, because I want to be all in with him. What if God told you to do something absolutely crazy? What if God told you to do something absolutely abnormal that people thought you were absolutely crazy? 2013, 
I had been preaching a couple years and we got an opportunity to go to Texas in a ministry. I was in law enforcement at the time, worked for the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office. Did that for 12 years. Got tired of locking people up, Brother Jimmy. Got tired of locking people up. But I never get tired of seeing people set free in Jesus Christ. Amen. Never. And I seen the only thing that was going to change this world was going to be Jesus. Listen, I left behind a good job. I was vested, had retirement, had good insurance. The pay wasn't real good, but that's all right. Everything else was really good. And people thought to me, looked at me and said, Are you crazy for leaving this job? What are you, you're almost halfway to retirement. What are you doing? But I knew God was calling our family. And listen, I'm telling you right now, I have never looked back. Not one day. I see my friends all the time. They say, I say, how you doing? They were still working at the sheriff's office. They say, man, I got three years, two, two months, 16 days, and 20 hours till I get to retire. Amen. <laughs> now, we've had some bad days in ministry. Bad days, bad days. And I know you have. But not one day, Brother Jimmy, have I woken up and said, Lord, Lord, what, what day do I get to retire? How many more years and months and Days and hours do I have to do this, God? Not one day have I said that. I might have had some days I said, God, what are you doing with me? But not one day have I said, when do I get to retire from this? Because it's the greatest life. It It is the greatest thing to come into a church like this. To meet folks that you've never met before and fall in love with them just like that. To come into a church and feel like we're family because we are. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. Amen! That's what I'm talking about. The greatest life you will ever live is getting all in with God. Yeah. Saying, God, whatever you want from me, wherever it is, whatever it is, God, I'll do it. You just show me. You lead me and guide me. Now listen, when I say this, I don't mean any disrespect to the, to the, to the Lord, to the gospel. I, don't, I promise you that. And I, Brother Jimmy, I don't play poker, okay? I don't. Now I might watch it sometimes on TV, but I don't play it. But you ever watched a poker game? These guys sit around the table... And they got their glasses on, got their hat pulled down. Listen, y'all know what I, some of you know what I'm talking about. Y'all played some poker. That's a whole nother message. I'll get that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday sometime. Anyway, amen. But they'll pull that hat down and put them glasses on because they don't want anybody to see what they, they don't want to give that poker face away, right? And every now and then they'll take them cards and they'll lift them up. Look at them and they'll put them back down. And at some time, at some point, not every game, but in a lot of games, they take their chips and they push them in the middle. And what do they say? I'm all in. I know y'all's poker players around here. Amen. Push them all. Push them all. Here's why they do that, Brother Jimmy. Here's why they do it. Because, Brother, they know the hand that they hold is better than anybody else's hand at the table. Now, let me equate that to a spiritual level. Can, we, can I tell you this morning, the hand that we hold in Jesus Christ is better than anything this world has to offer. It's better. Listen, I'd rather have what I have in Jesus than have all the money that Donald Trump has in his, in his bank account. Amen. I'd rather have all the things. I'd rather have this right here, except for my mother-in-law, excluding her. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I'd rather have all this right here 
than everything that the world can offer me. Why? Because this is what makes me rich. It is not that out there. Lord, help us. We just need to get all in with them this morning. Oh, my goodness. To be fully committed to a task. To be willing to give everything for the cause of Jesus Christ. That's the Christian I want to be. God does not want us for our talents or our abilities. Because we have none. God wants us for our availability, Brother Jimmy. God just wants us to be found faithful to Him. God help us to do that. Remember this, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called, Brother James. Amen! That's what He does. But there's something else this world needs besides being all in with God. It needs some marriages. It needs some marriages that are all in together. Every time I get a phone call of another marriage busting up, every time I get a phone call of another marriage that they're, they're separating their ways, I said, it breaks my heart. It doesn't make me mad. It makes me mad at the devil. It doesn't make me mad at them. But it breaks my heart. Because listen, we need some good godly marriages. And listen, I don't know any of you hardly, but you might be in here, you might have been divorced, you might be divorced. Listen, that, that things happen. Listen, we live in a broken world and things happen. But from this point on, you can be all in. You can be all in with God. You can be all in with the spouse that you're in with him right now. Listen, get all in with him. We need some families that are in church, committed, not wishy-washy. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Not just a few ways, not in some of his ways, but a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That's why we need some, some grounded Christians, some grounded mamas and daddies, some grounded husbands and wives to say, Lord, I'm all in in this thing. Lord, I'm going to go through the floor in a minute. Amen. I'm all in. Are you all in with him? Young person, are you all in with him this morning? Oh, if I could encourage young people, so don't chase the things of this world. Don't chase the, the fame and the fortune. Don't, don't chase the things that will bring you pleasure for just a moment. Because the Bible says there is pleasure in sin for a season. Don't chase those things. You chase the things of God. You want to be fully satisfied? You chase God instead of that young man or that young lady. You find, some, you find a young man or a young woman that loves God more than they love you. And then you found something. Family's all in with church. Trust the Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. I told you what I was praying for for 40 more years. 40 more. And I realize in the next 40 years, my strength will diminish, my friend. But if there's anything I want people to know about the Butcher family, is that we are passionate about Jesus Christ. Amen. If there's anything I want people to see about you, is that you are passionate about the things of God. Everywhere you go, somebody sees Jesus in you. Everywhere you go, listen, we had a yard sale. My wife was picking on me. We had that yard sale Friday and Saturday. She said, Jesse spent more time counseling people than he did selling anything. People come by, they spent 45 minutes at the yard sale, not looking at junk, but junk because they was talking to me about their problems. 
Listen, everywhere I go, I want somebody to see Jesus. Our boys used to play Little League Baseball. We were sitting at the baseball field one day, and this lady come over. She said, I just wanted to come over here and sit with the Jesus people. I said, hallelujah, come on over. We was at a, another ball game one day, and one of the boys that was on Lane's team, his mama was an atheist. We just befriended her. We didn't know she was an atheist, Brother Jimmy. We had no idea. We were sitting at the ball game one day, and we had our chairs, and she was sitting beside my wife. And there was a better seat up there. We could see better up there. So we, just, we didn't say anything to her. We just grabbed our chairs, and, and we started pulling it up there. Look behind us, and here, come, here she comes right behind us. I said, that'd make a good joke right there. A preacher, his wife, and an atheist at a ball game. Amen. <laughs> she sat down beside us. And then she did this. She let her son come to Bible school with us. Now you think about that. An atheist who doesn't even believe that there is a God lets their little boy come to church with us. Not because of us, but because of him. Oh, listen, when we're all in, it's unbelievable what God might allow us to do. My family, we've been from Maine to Florida, from North Carolina to Arizona, from Montana to Mexico. And I'll just be honest with you, I never thought I'd get out of North Carolina, much less travel this country. God's allowed us to see things, to go places, to meet people. And I promise you, it's not us. But it is the God of the butcher family. That's what it is. This morning, I want you all in. I want you all in with God. If you're not saved, listen, you can't be all in with Him until you get all in with Him. Does that make sense? Till you know Christ as your Savior, listen, Jesus died for your sins. He was buried and He rose again on the third day for the sins of the whole world. And He's not willing that any should perish. If you're not saved here this morning, that would be a great step. The greatest day of your life could be right now, in just a moment, when I give the invitation, it'll be the greatest day of your life. But if you are saved, listen, revival is not, not for the lost. And I love seeing people say, getting, getting saved, but I promise you this, it's not for the lost. Revival is for the church. And if there's anything we need, we need some church folks that are revived, excited, and all in with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm coming, brother. That's what we need. Oh, we need some church people excited about the things of God. He is the greatest thing that has ever happened to any of us. Why would we not be excited about it? As as those words come out of my mouth, it was almost like I could hear the Lord saying, Jesse, why aren't you always excited about me? Can I tell you something? The problems of this world will wear us down. The problems of this world will hinder that flame that used to burn so brightly. I found something the other day. You remember when you first started dating your spouse and they'd write you love letters? Y'all remember that? I was going through some of our old stuff the other day. I found one of the love letters that my wife wrote me. Y'all want to hear it? November 18th, 1998. Been a few years ago, baby. 
This is my favorite part right here. She says, hey, good looking. Hey, easy, brother, easy. She said, hey, good looking, remember me? I just want to write and say thank you for the best two months of my life. You mean the world to me. I wake up in the morning thinking about how much I miss you, hoping to talk to you. Now we're going to show our age right here. And then I paid you. Y'all remember pagers? Amen. Amen. And look forward to you coming home from school and I'll get to talk to you again. And then I go to work and I look for you to page me at 6.30 and possibly stop by. Then I come home and talk to you. It's a typical day and I never get tired of it. Now there's some other stuff I ain't going to read. Y'all don't need to hear all that. But anyway, it says, I still get butterflies when I think about you. Or when you say those three little magic words, I am hungry. No, not those. No. <laughs> After two months, I still have them and you make me so happy. I'm really glad that out of the few good guys left, I get the privilege of having you. I really hope things stay this way. I could get used to us to having, or used to me having a sweet boyfriend who cares about me. She said, I hope we have many more months together. Months soon turn into years, dear. If we can make it past six months, we're doing pretty good. Here we are 25 years later. She said this, like I've talked about, talked about before, I don't know what God's will is for me, but right now I'm starting to believe I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I love you, Jesse. Honey, I love you. You know what that is? That's a love letter. Hold on, hold on. You know what this is? This is God's love letter to His people. When I'm tired, it strengthens me. But James, when I'm so weary, I, can't, I feel like I can't put another foot in front of another. Listen, I get in His Word and it helps me. When I'm thirsty, it, it satisfies me. When I'm hungry, it feeds me. That's what God's Word does. And if you'll get all in with Him today, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Oh, it's hard telling what God might do in this church, in this community, and in this state, and in this nation. The revival that could change this world could start right here. Right here. It starts with you knowing Christ as your Savior. And then you continue to fall in love with Him more and more and more as the days go on.